You are listening to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast with host Kevin Jefferson. This is the number one podcast for African-American real estate professionals who are doing extraordinary things. It's time to tune in. And now, your host, the people's lender, Kevin Jefferson. Jefferson. Welcome to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. And today, our guest is Miss Kendra Conyers. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, Looking forward to this interview. Got a lot of questions for you. Okay. Well, let's get started. All right. Cool. So, Kendra, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. So, I am a North Carolina a multi-million dollar producing real estate agent. I own my own brokerage in Charlotte and Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm also a public figure and a philanthropist. Um, I love encouraging and inspiring women. So I have a women's ministry, She Became. Um, and so that's really what, what encompasses me as a person in general. Um, yeah. Gotcha. All right. So how did you get into real estate? So funny story. I was actually working at the city of Atlanta when I lived in Atlanta and I was uh, wanting to have a promotion on my job. So I am a God's girl. So I prayed and fasted for God to answer my prayer and to get the promotion at the city of Atlanta. And I, I received the instructions to actually resign from my job, move back to Fayetteville and get into real estate. And so um, at that point in my life, I said, you know what? What I have been doing up until this point was not working for me. And so let me try a different route. But I had no idea how it was going to work out because I have no prior sales experience. Real estate was something that I always um, had a passion for, but I didn't know that you could actually like make it a career because it's it's commission based. And so I said, you know what? The worst case scenario that happened is I'll just go bankrupt if this doesn't work out. But let me just obey God and go ahead and move into this realm. And so that's how the whole real estate thing came about. And um, I jumped right in, got my license and got started. Wow. So you left. Atlanta mm-hmm. to become successful. Yes, I left Atlanta. And wow. I thought, shouldn't it be opposite? Like, would I, wouldn't I be successful in real estate in Atlanta? Like, not in Fayetteville, North Carolina, because it's a smaller city. And, you know, but I said, you know what? Wherever God guides, he's going to provide. So I said, let me just be obedient. Let me go ahead and go back to North Carolina. Got you. Okay. So we left Atlanta. We're in North Carolina. How uh, how soon did you get started on the process of becoming a realtor? So I left Atlanta in um, October of 2018. And then I was in my moving process, uh, got here um, officially towards the uh, Christmas. And then I went ahead and took my real estate exam or class in January. It was about a five-week class. And then you take your in-class test and you get out of um, the class and take your state exam. And so during that time period, I I would say by about March, I officially received my license in the mail, passed it, got activated uh, around April. I want to say April 7th, I, my license was fully activated in my new brokerage. And I ended up selling my first home by May 30th. So about 45 days after. And then right after that, it seemed like about 90 days after that, I had cleared a million dollar um, producing a million dollars in sales. Um, cause I had, I just kept closing homes after that. And it just seems like it has just been on the up and up since then. So typically it takes about six months to close your first deal yes. in real estate. 
How were you able to do it in 45 days? Where did that lead come from? So the first one was actually a, a friend of my mom's who wanted to sell her condo. It was a $50,000 little condo that she wanted to sell. And so she was selling her house, which was 200 something thousand in her condo. She said, you know what? I already signed the documents with the agent that I had previous. And it's a seasoned agent. I'll let him have the house because it's a bigger transaction. And I'll let you have the condo. And I know that was basically, you know, cold for just in case you mess it up. I don't have to lose so much money. So she let me do the condo and she was so blown away. You know, I uh, got the condo. I got it cleaned out. You know, I did my own pictures on my iPad, edit the pictures myself, angled the pictures, post the pictures up, had the yard signs out, you know, kept promoting it, went around the neighborhood, passing flyers out for this condo. She ended up getting an all cash offer in seven days. Now, this was pre-COVID. So anybody who knows pre-COVID market, houses sat on the market for extended periods of time. I got her condo under contract with all cash offer in seven days. And she was just super blown away because it was a 10-day closing. So she was just like, wow, you really went to bed, you know? And so she um, ended up letting me uh, sell the house as well. But from there, I began to door knock. I began to, you know, uh, do Facebook statuses and Facebook videos. I would inbox people and, you know, tell them I'm a real estate agent here in the city if they needed any help or just wanted to know where they stood. And so from there, people just began to respond and begin to reach out. I think a lot of people, especially in the African-American community, didn't really realize that, hey, I could buy a house for in our area of 580 credit scores, the minimum. I could buy a house. I just need two years of consistent, you know, employment. I could buy house um, as a as a veteran on the VA loan, it was 100%, you know, financing. So at that time, pre-COVID, the sellers would pay your closing costs. So majority of my veterans could get a house for like $200, their deposit. And so that's why I began to pick up that traction and that speed, especially this one guy, he was uh, my very first buyer client. He was homeless and he was a prior military. Um, he was, he served in the military and on a VA loan, I ended up getting him approved for $275,000. And that's that's like above the median in my area. And we closed on, he was a single father of two um, and they were homeless. We closed on a five bedroom, three and a half bath home. And he was my first buyer client. He talks about me even still to this day. It's been three years. He always posted about me. and was like, you know, this person really went hard for me when I didn't think I could buy a home, when I didn't have anywhere to go, when I didn't have anywhere to live. Me and my kids, this person brought me out the gutter and put me into a house. Wow. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. So no real estate experience. What was it that gave you that drive? Because that's, that's just straight hustle, right? You came out of the gate to hustle. What prior experience or what was it besides, was there anything besides God that pushed you that way? Because you just don't do that. You don't hear those stories and you just don't do that in any business. Yeah. I know that for me, I've always been an overachiever and I've always been a type of person that if I'm going to, if I'm I'm not going to do something unless I'm going to give it 110%. If I'm, if I can't devote that amount of energy and effort and attention towards it, I'm just not going to do it. And so it was either sink or swim. I had left my job, resigned from my job, moved back to Fayetteville, moved into the bonus room of my mom's house. You know, I have no backup plan, no interviews, no job, nowhere to stay, but here I have to make this work. And, you know, I don't want to get to the end of the rope saying, you know, if I'd have tried a little harder, if I'd have knocked on one more door, if I would have made one more phone call, maybe I could have made it. And so I said, you know what, let me give this thing all I have and let me just see if it works out. Because you're right. My, my broker in charge told me it took her a year to sell her house. Her One of her close friends who owns her phone told, her, told me it took her six months. 
seven months, eight months. And I was like, listen, I don't have to use someone else's success story or someone else's, you know, what happened for them as my um, mirror. I can create my own narrative. I can create my own path and I can make this thing work because I can't wait six and seven months or yeah, I didn't have that much money saved in order to close in the house. I had to like, I had to get to the closing table. Wow. So how did your, how did your first year end up? Do you remember your sales volume? My first year, I saw 42 homes that year. No experience. No experience. No prior sales experience, real estate experience. The only real estate experience I had was sitting in, at my job, swiping through Zillow all day long. I would literally just be on Zillow <laughs> looking at homes and just looking at the architect, looking at who built it, trying to sneak my way into open houses around Atlanta because I just love real estate. Uh, it was just something that I did in my pastime. Okay. So 42 homes in your first year. Yes. What did that look like in terms of you? your first listing came from a family friend mm-hmm. and you said your next transaction was the homeless person? Yes. Okay. After that, how were you able to scale? Because that's a lot of homes. Yes. I think because I kept posting the success stories and I'm a storyteller teller by nature. I like to, don't ask me a question if you don't have five minutes to sit there because I like to tell you the whole story, the how I felt, this person felt. And so that's what I did in my captions online. You know, when I sold my homes, I would tell stories how they got there. I think a lot of people started seeing themselves in my stories. Like, oh my God, I'm mad. Oh my God, I, I, I struggle with that. Or that's, you know, my issue. That was my fear or, you know, whatever the case may be. And people just started reaching out, DMing me and, you know, just reaching out based on, you know, my willingness to help you, you know, my willingness to like, I don't care if it's not a, a cookie cutter file. If, if you are going to believe in me to be a real estate agent, then I'm going to make sure that you get to that closing table. And so that's where it begins to just skyrocket. Got you. So in your, in your first year, do you remember the uh, balance between listings and buyers? The first year was a lot more buyers, a okay. lot more buyers. It wasn't until year two up until now that I'm getting a lot more listings, especially now, um, a lot more listings. But in the beginning, it was, it was a lot of buyers. Some sometimes I would close nine homes in a, in a single month, and it would just be straight buyers, you know, or it would be maybe seven buyers and two sellers for that month. Okay. Um. So as you're growing, uh, as you're growing to the forty-two transactions, um, what what did your team look like? So that was just straight straight me. I it was me by myself before I started a team before I opened up my own brokerage. It was myself and then my transaction coordinator that were um doing that. And so it was very, it, it was stressful. I'm not going to lie. It was stressful because trying to juggle all those files, but having a transaction coordinator really helps because, you know, they help you from contract to close. So now I can go out, post and you know, take pictures and, you know, get more clients while you're making sure that you're managing the transaction all the way through. Got you. So what 42 homes, do you remember the volume? I don't. I, I'm the type of person that I never really, that is something that I, I don't ever look up on the MLS. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, well, how much do you sell? 20 million, 15 million? Like, what are, I just to be honest, I would have to go look, but I never do that. I always just count the number of homes. It wasn't until this year that I said, this is how much volume I want to do because I want to reduce that number and just pick up higher, higher um, price points. So I don't have to run all around town working so, you know, crazy person up all night and all 
morning and things of that nature. So I don't, I, I haven't looked at the volume. I just know the amount of homes. Okay. So going from year one into year two, um, were there any changes that you made in your business? Since you said it was so hectic, was there anything that you added besides the transaction coordinator? Yeah, absolutely. I said, you know, um, I got to work smarter and not harder. And so I decided to, um, you know, begin to leverage. So, you know, my transaction coordinator, then doing a showing assistant and an executive assistant so I can leverage my time and, you know, just buy my time back. Because I realized, you know, yes, I, you know, made a lot of money. Yes, I closed a lot of deals. But I had no time. I had no peace. It was. It seemed like that my days were merging together. You know, people be reaching out to me early in the morning, late at night. I began to set hours. You know, like hey, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's it. Anything before that, my phone is on do not disturb. So you're not getting a response back. Anything after that is on do not disturb. So you're not getting a response back. So putting in those hours, those boundaries, and then hiring staff um, to leverage um, the clientele is what really helped in that second year. Got you. So how did the second year fare compared to uh, year one? Um, it did good. The second year, so all in all, by the time I was done the second year, I was at 100 homes that I had sold um all together so now i'm coming up into my uh anniversary for my third year so we'll see what we do this year but uh yeah so i did 100 homes all together and that was still by myself not including my team not including you know the agents that i have now because i just opened up my firm in september of 2021 okay so what system do you have in place for lead generation I get that question often. To be honest, I have never had to pay for leads. A lot of people do Zillow, uh, Realtor.com, things of that nature. I've never, I've put up a billboard, you know, because I really just wanted to have a billboard in the city. Um, I've <laughs> done, like, um, we did like a seminar before that didn't really work out. I tried different things, but I've never had to lead generate. Um, I've always getting, majority of my leads come from Instagram, social media. So about 80 to 90% Instagram and Facebook. And then 10 to 20% is going to be just referral based. And I think because I tell people I'm not transactional, I'm relationship driven. And so I'm happy birthday and I'm coming to the cookouts. I'm, you know, here, you know, at the funerals or, you know, the weddings and things of that nature, baby showers. And so I become family. And so I think that the relationship component is what helps to where I don't have to, you know, put a system in place for lead generation. Now, now I'm, I'm looking into some other things to help with the agents that are in my office. But for me, myself, I haven't had to do that. Wow. Um, so, so since you're speaking about your agents, what aspired you to uh, open up an agency? Again, it really just goes back to God and being obedient. I was fine doing my thing uh, with my previous firm and uh, selling real estate. It was him that was like, you know, I want want you to old branch out and do your own thing and carry your own name because I'm trying to do something within the earth with my agenda. And so I need you to be in alignment. And so it was it was faster than what I wanted to because I felt like I wanted to, you know, be a little more in the game and a little more seasoned. But as I sit back, there's even people that tell me, even like some of my agents who are coaching other, you know, agents that are on social media, asking them questions and they have their own broker in charge. And they're like, oh, my God. 
you know so much. And they're like, yeah, because Kendra teaches us, you know, a lot. And I guess because even though it's only been a short amount of time I've been in real estate, I've sold so many homes that I pretty much really know all, not all, but, you know, majority of the things that may or could go wrong or how you need to jump in front of things or, you know, uh, whatever boils down to the transaction, either on the buyer or seller side. Gotcha. So, okay, we opened up one brokerage. What made you do two? <laughs> well, one of my really close friends, um, she's in Charlotte. She used to be with uh, Berkshire Hathaway. And so me and her actually graduated, when I graduated, but like, you know, got licensed at the same time with real estate school. She was over there. I was here. And so she wanted to merge together because me and her have always just been, we bounce ideas off each other, do business and things of that nature. And so because those fees were higher and we were going to do so much business together anyway, we were like, okay, let's just merge under one roof. And so that's why I kind of had to simultaneously do Fayetteville in Charlotte because she's there. And so she used to close all my Charlotte leads anyway, prior to me opening up a brokerage, we just split the deal. And so now she just covers our Charlotte market. And then we have the Fayetteville market that what our property the work out of. Gotcha. Um, all right. So I want to kind of unpack a couple of things, right? So how many agents do you have? Five. Five. Um, have you been able to duplicate yourself with your agents? Um, I don't, I haven't tried to, I haven't um, tried to. My thing is just to pull out what you're best at, what okay. what you want to do. Some people have, you know, uh, goals of just selling one home a month. You know, some people just want to make some extra cash. Some people, you know, want to do it part time and they actually only have they have a full time job. They've been there for a decade. And so I haven't um, duplicated myself because there hasn't been a desire to do so. What's the name of your brokerage? Uh, Kendra Kyers and Associates Luxury Real Estate. Gotcha. Awesome. Um, So with that being said, does that take more time from your sales coaching your agents? Um, I wouldn't say it takes more time. I just have to time block and dedicate my time. So I can't do so much of what I used to do because I need that mental space, that capacity, um, that head space to dedicate to them. If they have questions or it, they're discouraged and I need to encourage them or we have our training nights and stuff like that. So I think it's more so just, just kind of cutting back the unnecessary over here so I could be necessary over there. Got you. Three years in the game, 100 transactions under your belt, 100 plus transactions under your belt. What would Kendra today tell the rookie Kendra to do differently, even though she had a level of success early? Everyone is not your client. That is one thing that I had to learn the hard way. You know, you get into sales and you want to close or help everyone. For one, because it's sales based. So you never know when the next one is going to come. So you want to grab everything and everybody. But I've realized my peace matters so much more. I would not trade my peace. If you are going to disrupt my peace, whether you're a client, whether you're a friend, I will quickly remove you. And I've had, you know, I didn't do it then. I literally would, I had a transaction was $45,000 condo, $45,000 condo. This particular person drove me to drink and it was like, you know, over, it, it wasn't worth it. it. No amount of time is worth it, but $45,000 condo and you are calling me all the time to the night. You are going out and purchasing a vehicle and we're in the middle of a, you know, real estate transaction. You're not getting your paperwork. It was just so much stuff. And I was just like, listen, this is just too much of a headache. And so now fast forward, I let a client go that was 
approved for seven hundred thousand. I'm like, listen, I already see the signs. I do not care how much this commission check is going to be. It's just not worth it. It's not worth my piece. And so I would just say, you know, everyone is not your client. The ones who are your client are the ones who are okay with the boundaries, okay with their systems and process set in place. Because for me, when you come to purchase a home for me, you don't talk to me right away. You talk to my client care manager because we need to vet you out and we need to get you to the point of being pre-approved. And then once you're ready to get pre-approved, then you go to my preferred lender. And then you sit down with me because a lot of times when you're front facing people, you know, even when you go to the doctor's office, you don't see the doctor right away. Somebody comes in and, and you know, does the vitals. You know, when you go to the dentist, you have your, your dental assistant that comes in and do that. And so I don't think a lot of people understand like having those layers in place vets out the people who really are ready to buy a home and the people who are just here to just chat. And that's another thing I did. I had so many consultations, so many appointments with people. I mean, it was one time where I think I was look, uh, seeing about five to 10 people a week. And it was like one to three a month that were actually getting to the closing table, actually getting started with the process. And so I was like, listen, this is not going to work. So just putting things in place to help you, you know, systemize the business and just understand that everyone isn't your client. That's what I would tell my old self. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that and that's big, um, you know, having that peace of mind, because we think if we lose that one commission, then, oh, it's messed up. However, what we don't understand is that getting that time back allows for us to close on more serious people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, more serious people. Awesome. What are your goals for uh, Kenya Conyers and so Kendra Conyers and Associates? So my, I just told my team this. I said, uh, our goal for this year is to do at least 30 million um, in volume. And between Charlotte and Fayetteville, I believe that we can do that. And to get to a place and to a point where we're just operating in our own individual, you know, like to our own individual processes and not making it like anyone else's. I think a lot of new agents come into the game and feel like, I got to be like this person. I got to do the reels like that. I got to go live like this. I'm not a person that I don't really, I don't like live at all. I'm not going to lie to you. I have lives that I have to do today and it's giving me anxiety. Lives are just not my thing. And so it's like creating the space where you can shine, but still in that same industry. So the goal is for us to be our own individuals. Uh, our goal is for us to sell 30 million real estate. And our goal is for us to all evolve um, from a caterpillar to a butterfly and become the woman that we were designed and called to be. And even outside of real estate, tapping into your own individual passions, you know, like one agent I have, she loves doing makeup and she does make it really well. You know, someone else, you know, wants to do motivational speaking, just making sure that those things, you can merge the two worlds. It doesn't have, have to be one or the other. It can be an and. Got you. Got you. Um, in terms of a new agent, what would be a bit of advice besides uh, knowing, you know, who your client is? Like, what would be a few tips that you would give them in terms of selecting a brokerage? Because it's a lot of them out here. Yeah, I would say <clears> definitely <throat> go somewhere where you feel at home that you can encompass the values and the, the core values and what that company stands for. Because I made the mistake thinking that I needed to go to big brokerages so I could close more deals. You know, people don't buy uh, what you do, where you are. They buy you. And so it doesn't matter what name is attached to it. They're buying into you. 
And so I ended up uh, choosing a smaller brokerage was literally three agents, you know, her and it, just two of us at the time. And so a lot of people like to go to the bigger brokers. They're like, I'm getting this ton of help and all these leads. And, and I found what people wrote me and was like, they felt like a number. They felt like that, you know, yeah, they may have had training classes, but no one's here to handhold, walk your, you know, walk with you through the process. And they're not, they're giving the lead to the top producing agents. So, you know, where we're thinking like, oh yeah, I can get, you know, a bunch of leads and stuff on these bigger brokerages and stuff. And so I say it's all about what is going to fit you. Some people thrive in those environments. They need to be around a bunch of people and having a bunch of stuff going on. I like I like more intimate settings. That's how I thrive. I'm able to ask you questions. I'm, actually, I'm able to actually talk to my broker in charge. And it's not like having to go through somebody else. You know, I'm able to sit down and have a one-on-one training or a meeting. And so I think just whatever, remember that you are interviewing them. They're not interviewing you. I think a lot of people, because we have that nine to five mentality, you think that we're being interviewed, that like we need to say all the right things so they'll pick me. No, you need to make sure that everything that they're saying aligns with what you want in life and you pick them. You're, you're going around and you're interviewing different brokerages. And I always say to at least five, at least uh, go to five different brokerages schedule the meeting, look around the office, feel, get a feel for the office, get a feel for even how they greet you, uh, the front desk, if they have a front desk and, and things of that nature. So you can really narrow down, okay, this is going to be a good fit for me and my personality and my business. Wow. All right. I've got a question for you. And you say you, you've essentially done it though, but you've got, you've got to move to a new city. <laughs> you have to leave Fayetteville. All you have is your cell phone and a thousand dollars to market. What would you do? I would definitely start more my sphere of influence. Um, start with the people who already know you. Make sure they all know. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking if I post all day long. No, sometimes you have to apply pressure to letting people know like, hey, I'm letting you know I'm a real estate agent. Exhaust your contact list. Reach out to the people and send them a text message. Reach out to them and let them know individually, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. Can you help me get to my goal? You know, ask them, do you know anybody at work? Can I put some cards in your in your office? You know, can I come by your work and, 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 and speak to the people on the lunch break? You know, I've done lunch and learns, things of that nature with people that are already my friends, are already my family, that already love me. So they're going to say yes. I don't have to pay to get into those rooms. Awesome. Great information. Great information. Um, I know you have uh, had a high level of success early. Um, do you have a coach? I do not. That's one thing that I need to um, work on getting. I've had people that I've like t- taken classes and I've had people where I've sit- did their seminars and things of that nature, but I've not been able to like find a coach that I feel like really uh, wanted to see me win, was okay with teaching me the things that I needed to do to get where I need to get specifically for real estate. I've not come across that, but that is a desire. Got you. Any uh, aspirations of opening up a third brokerage? Yes, we are working on um, Houston, Texas. Wow, that's Mm -hmm. a big one. Yeah. (laughs) And to be honest, uh, between Atlanta and Houston, I get a lot of leads from the two of them. And so when it makes sense, I go for it. Got you. And I guess the Atlanta Association is because you lived here at one point. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on coming back? No, I was there just a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, oh my Lord, the traffic. I got to, every time I park this car, I got to pay somebody. <laughs> and it was just like so hectic. I said, I think I like going to um, Atlanta or even LA because I lived out there for four years just for trips and then come back here because it's, it's slower. You know, I know everywhere I can get to where I want to get in 10 to 15 minutes. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think that. Cool. 
Well, Kendra, I definitely appreciate your time. Um, I look forward to watching your company grow. For anyone who's interested in getting in contact with you, whether it's to pick your brain to get some information or particularly potentially become a part of your brokerage, how can they reach you? Well, if you're a new agent and you want to sell more real estate, you want to increase your numbers, I do have uh, my pink print course which is a four-week course, 45-page workbook that goes with it, highlighted from beginning to end exactly what I did so um, you'll be able to be successful as a new agent. And that's at um, www.bossbabepinkprint.com. And that's bossbabepinkprint.com. For me, all social media, Instagram, Facebook is Kendra Conyers. Uh, Maybe Kendra L. Conyers on some, but Kendra Conyers and also my website, kendraconyers.com for more information. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the opportunity. Um, I look forward to talking to you soon and have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening and be sure to follow Kevin on Instagram at The People's Lender. We'll see you here next time on Real Estate Proverbs with Kevin Jefferson.